Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sobanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 3, Episode 17, Pre-Witched. It originally aired on March 22, 2001 and had 5.19 million viewers. This episode starts out in the manor, in the bathroom, and Piper and Leo are in the shower together. And she's saying how they finally found a place to be alone, and they start kissing. And then there's a knock at the door, and Phoebe walks in, covering her eyes and yelling that she isn't looking, she just needs her lip gloss. And then she starts bumping into things and, like, goes back out. And then it cuts to Piper's room a little later, then Prue knocks on the door and just kind of bursts in and is like, hey, you guys. And Piper and Leo are in robes after the shower, and... Piper's like, hey, Prue, are you lost? And she's like, no, but my keys are. Have you seen them? And Piper's like, no, have you seen the way out? She's like, I knocked it, didn't I? And Piper says, but she didn't wait for an answer. And she apologizes and leaves. And then Leo says, well, we knew what we were getting into. She says, maybe it's time we get out of it. And he was like, what do you mean? She says, once upon a time, before we were witchy women, Prue and I shared this amazing apartment in North Beach. But when Grams got sick, we decided to move back to the manor for a while, and we gave up the apartment to friends, and your wife was smart enough to keep in touch with them. They're moving out, and they will give us first shot at taking over the lease. And he's worried about supernatural ramifications of the sisters living apart. And she says, but what about the marital ramifications of living together? I mean, Leo, everything we do is about navigating our charmed lives. When do we get to concentrate on our married lives? And then they kiss, and she asks what the odds are of pulling this off before the next demon attacks. So first thing here, I mean, so funny that they're like, you know, really trying to create this atmosphere where Piper and Leo just have no privacy anywhere in the house. Um, and also the whole like knocking and then not waiting thing totally reminds me of when I lived with my mom because that's exactly what she would do because <laughs> I'd be like can you knock if you're gonna come in my room and then she started doing exactly what Prue did there. <laughs> Sounds like Caitlin that's exactly what Caitlin does to me. <laughs> it sucks <laughs> but that is really funny I like the whole setup they're doing here of making it so difficult for everybody like or for Piper and Leo and showing that struggle. It works well for me here. I think it's like a funny little intro. Yeah, totally agree. But does this mean they're going to be living apart now? I know this concept of moving out. Also, like the fact that they could just like take somebody else's lease. Um, I guess that's how it works there. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't make very much sense at all. Because it's a lease. Like you're not the one renting it out. Yeah, like. If they were the owners, they could give you first chance at renting it out. But if they're just moving out, the like the owner gets to decide, not them. Yeah, I know. Doesn't make any sense. But good try. Yeah. Um, also, wait, I had to put in my notes when she's like, when do we get to concentrate on our married lives? I was like, oh, concentrate. concentrate. Winky face. They're concentrating <laughs> again. 
Because we know how much concentration it takes. <laughs> can't concentrate in the shower, can't concentrate in their bedroom. It's just, there's no concentration. Going Zero concentration there. in this marriage. <laughs> so then we cut outside and we see like a quarter moon. Then we're inside of like an apartment and there's a woman who's surrounded by candles and kneeling at an altar chanting. The candles start floating around her, and then her cat, who we find out is named Shadow, jumps onto her lap, and the candles go back to the floor, and she kind of, like, pets him, but then tells him to, like, shoo, and not to interrupt her during a ritual. So he goes up on the table, and she starts again, but then Shadow starts knocking things over, and then he hisses at her, and she's like, no, don't do this, but then he knocks over another bottle and jumps down, and we see this like smoke form and then he morphs from a cat to a man and says, what's the matter? Cat got your tongue? And then this white smoke appears around her and she screams and then like disappears. So Kitty turned against her. Yeah. Shadow is not having it anymore. Interesting yeah. little introduction. I wonder how this is going to play out with this demon cat and like what this means <laughs> you know yeah and you know what i'm a little bit upset that they're giving like black cat being the evil cat because i feel like people like do that to black cats and they're just cute little babies i know my Milo milo is the cutest most precious sweetest cat that i have he's a scaredy cat yeah your other cats are much meaner <laughs> they're all really nice all my cats are really good but he, he's just like the most like quiet to himself cat He's also the most, like, affectionate one, because, like, yeah. Luna does not like to be pet. <laughs> yeah, she's she does a little more now, but yeah, I don't know why. She never really cared for it. Nova kind of just does her own thing, and Cosmo, Cosmo's pretty lovey-dovey. The boys are pretty lovey-dovey. Whatever, that's besides the <laughs> Don't get me started on my cats, because I could talk about kitties all day. <laughs> I love them. But yeah, something very interesting going on there, and I kind of wonder how that one's going to play out. Yes, me too. So, RIP to this witch, I assume, and I'm looking forward to seeing how, where we're going with this. Yeah, me too. So, then we have the theme song, and then we go to the manor again, and we're in the kitchen during the morning time. And everyone's sitting at the table. There's a bunch of stuff on the table. They're passing pieces of newspaper and cereal around and all of this. And Piper just kind of has her hands folded and is looking around at all the chaos and just randomly is like, Leo and I are moving. And everybody like pauses and puts their pages down and is like shocked. And Piper's like, look, we all knew this would happen sooner or later. It's just sooner. Well, actually, it's later because I've been married for weeks and we're still living in a bedroom with the wallpaper I picked out when I was nine. Not to mention the bathroom sharing and the family breakfast. And Prue's like, and the whole saving the world on a weekly basis thing. I mean, Piper, we don't live here just for sentimental value. We live here because we're the strongest here. And Leo says that there have been times when they handled things without Piper. And Piper's like, yeah, like when I went to Hawaii or when I went away with Leo and everything was fine. Bruce says that it wasn't fine and that they need to be a trio. And then Leo says that they wouldn't be far. Piper's like, just far enough so I could have my own life. Our own life. We can't live together forever. And Prue's like, and we also can't ignore the responsibility that we inherited from our family. 
and she's like well you guys have to try to understand i have two families now and then she points out how movie phoebe moved to new york and phoebe's like that doesn't count that was before the whole destiny thing kicked in we didn't even get our powers until six months after grams died and then she asked what grams would think of her moving out so i love the way that it was all blurted out even though i've never once ever seen them eat at the table or have breakfast together um <laughs> i think that it's really really nice really funny yeah but i see kind of both points i feel like in this i think everyone does even yeah the definitely i mean there's this idea of course that them being together is important to like their witchness and all of that but also i mean like piper saying her and leo are married now like this changes the dynamic so it makes sense that they would want to move out and not want to live in the same bedroom she's lived in her entire life and the way you know she kind of fights against when they bring up other times though again when piper says things like when i went to hawaii or went away with leo they were kind of freaking out when you were away with leo yeah and when she was in hawaii there was still a demon that they had to figure out you know yes and of course, bringing up the whole Phoebe of it all, Phoebe moving to New York, which I'm going to have some questions about when we find out more about that in the flashbacks of this episode. But like, totally makes sense that, of course, that's not a comparable thing because she went to New York long before they were witches and before they had this magical destiny that really tied them together. Exactly. It it adds up for, you know, her to have gone there versus piper to be going now you know she can't really use that against her yeah so one thing this episode does a lot of is kind of like where it cuts from something happening in one scene to a continuation of it in the next scene so that scene ended with her asking what grams would think of her moving out and then we cut to grams walking in the kitchen in a flashback saying morons <laughs> <laughs> she's like why does that prepubescent have to throw our paper in the shrubbery and we see prue has short hair and she's on a call talking about her wedding to roger and then piper walks in with bangs and yells at grams making coffee because the doctor said she wasn't allowed to have caffeine then prue on the phone is like that would be my sister yelling it will be a lot easier when i move out then Prue gets off the phone and Graham says, it's so nice to have the two of you in the same place. It's a rarity. And she pulls out a new camera and says she wants to take a picture of them. And Piper asks Prue if she's moving out and they start arguing and totally ignoring Graham's who just wants to take a picture of them. <laughs> and then Graham's like gasps and they both run over to her and tell her to take it easy. But the doorbell rings and Graham's goes to get it. Oh, I love that this whole episode we're going to be doing some a bunch of back and forth flashbacks. Like, it makes me so happy that we get to see their past and kind of before Grams died and how they all came to be, you know? Yeah. And like, the wigs are kind of hilarious. <laughs> Them having to go back and look like their old selves. But they did a pretty good job, I'd say. Yeah, they are looking pretty season one here, so. Yeah. It's working. Definitely. I will say, gross reminder of Roger, I'd like to forget about him forever. I know, that's horrendous. And later in the episode, like, Phoebe's gonna say something, or some one of the- No, I'm sorry, Piper's gonna say something about how Prue found this great guy, and- <laughs> You sure about that? 
But also when Grams is saying it's nice to have the two of them in the same place, weren't they living together even when they were yeah, at the um, manor? So why is that rare? Maybe she means because they're all always on the go or something. Maybe, because I feel like there was never an issue with, like, Prue and Piper not being close to our knowledge. Yeah, no, I don't think that that's an issue at all. And I love seeing, you know, all the freaked outness of Piper and both of them, like, being so attentive to Grams, because obviously, you know, Grams' health is the reason they're back in the manor together. Right, exactly. And as soon as, um, every time we're going to notice, as soon as, like, something happens with Grams, like, everybody stops what they're doing and goes over to her to make sure she's okay and it's like really sweet you know it feels very realistic to me yeah because no matter what like their little sisterly like fights are obviously like they care about grams and her health so right she's takes priority yes so still in the flashback we're in the entryway and it's phoebe with her short hair at the door and the cops holding on to her and Grams looks at them, and then Piper and Prue stand a few feet back, and Phoebe's like, oh, you guys didn't have to get out of bed for little old me. And the cops tell her that she was caught shoplifting, but the store isn't pressing charges. And Grams asks Phoebe how she can behave so recklessly, and says, what about your destiny, your future? And she says, well, maybe my future plans don't match up to the ones that you mapped out. And she gives the shoes back to the cops that she, for some reason, was still wearing, yeah, so why the hell was she wearing the shoes? Very weird, very confusing. Yeah, that makes no sense. You would think the store would have taken them back. I don't know, it doesn't quite add up. No, I literally, and like, like, what happened to the shoes she was already wearing? Like, did she go to the <laughs> store barefoot? Like, I'm so confused. I know, that whole situation makes no sense. But whatever. Yeah. And short-haired Phoebe, I love it. We get to see her more dangerous side that we've, like, seen such a change from you know the kind of immature young child that she was and how she used to be and like it's so funny to see her like think about the way we see her now she's like yeah. so much more grown you know the one thing that's like a little like questionable to me like I feel like and like correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like shoplifting is such a like teenager thing like why is Phoebe doing that at like 21 it just feels I, weird to me. Yeah, I know. It's a little a little odd. Like, I feel like there were so many, like, little things she could have gotten in trouble for that would make sense for someone in their early 20s to be getting in trouble for, yeah. as opposed to, like, stealing shoes. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, this show, they gotta do a lot that doesn't make sense. <laughs> There's True. a lot that doesn't and, you know, quite add up in this episode. Yeah, I, I have a lot of questions that'll keep coming up as the episode goes on. But, you know, yeah. Graham's, you know, talking about her destiny and Phoebe just kind of, like, Brushing not interested. Uh, makes sense for where her character is at at this point. Yeah, and poor Graham's foreshadowing what's, you know, to come because she knows and they don't. Yeah, exactly. So then we cut to a store and we're back to the present day and... Phoebe hands a box of shoes to a worker and says, they're just out of my price range. And he's like, but they're, and she's like, perfect, I know. And then she hands him some other ones and he goes. Then she picks up another and asks to see it as Shadow walks up and grabs it too. And he smiles at her with like red glowing eyes and is like, those are so last season. She goes to punch him and he blocks her. Then she like flips away 
and he floats her in the air and she asks who he stole that power from. She kicks him across the room and throws a spiked shoe at his head and he explodes into like these black particles and vanquishes. Interesting. So by shadow. Yeah. <laughs> RIP nice you. Yeah. <laughs> For five minutes. I feel that it was a little public. Like the guy had to have seen that, right? Like how did Phoebe get out of this one? Yeah. Like so, so, so questionable. Yeah, I know. They've been doing that a lot lately, just publicly using magic and nobody like, I notices, feel like I guess. Prior to this point, when they would publicly use magic, usually time was frozen. But like lately, they've just been like not giving a fuck at all and doing it. Not caring. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, not my place to judge. True. I mean, I guess who cares about exposure? But. Aside from that, it just seems like this whole store thing was a little bit pushing the plot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of giving us our, I mean, small spoiler, but our intro to our demon of the episode, which is exactly. Shadow. So now we are at this packing store, and Piper and Leo walk out with a lot of boxes and bubble wrap. And she thinks that they may have gotten too much, but he's like, no, you have a lot of boxes, or I mean, a lot of stuff. And she's upset that her sisters are upset. And Leah says that they just need some time to get used to the idea. She's like, well, moving out is a big deal for me, too. I could use some support right now. And then Shadow approaches her and makes her float in the air, dropping all the boxes. And she freezes everything and falls to the ground. And then Shadow fights through the freeze and Leo unfreezes. And he throws her a box cutter and she stabs him with it when he moves towards her, and then he vanquishes again. And Leo walks over and asks if she's okay. So this whole big move thing is stressing me out. It's happening really quickly. I know. I mean, also, it doesn't work like that, where, like, just the next day you're able to move in and have it ready, usually. <laughs> I feel like they decided this awfully quick. Yeah, I mean, it's moving pretty quickly, but I don't know. Sometimes it happens really fast. Sometimes it happens really slow. Like when um, yeah. when was moving the first time, it was literally like a week between when we went to look at the apartment and when he moved in. But then like when I was moving, it took me like months to find a place. So yeah, I guess that's true. That's crazy, though. It seems really quick, though. <laughs> Definitely very quick. But now we know Shadow didn't actually die, and there's some purpose for him coming back and continuing to want to get vanquished. Yes. So then we're in another flashback, and we're outside the manor, and Phoebe's like, I'm fine, whatever. And Grams is, like, directing them together for a photo, and she's talking about Phoebe's good side, and Piper says that she doesn't have one today. And then Prue asks Phoebe who her plans are with. And Prue says that Roger said that Phoebe called him yesterday. And she's like, yeah, looking for you, Prue. I'm not going to defend myself when I didn't do anything wrong. Just trying to be nice to the guy, considering he's going to be part of this family soon. You know, I'm not even sure I want to be part of this family. And Grams tells them all to move down a step because the lighting is changing. Phoebe says that why would she waste her time on a wimp who's got mother issues and Prue doesn't trust her. She says, you don't even know the difference between what belongs to you and what belongs to Macy's. 
Then Gramps gasps again, and they all go over and tell her to take shallow breaths, and Prue asks if she should call the doctor, and Graham says no, no doctor, just a picture. Is it too much for an old lady to ask for her granddaughters to retract their claws, stand still, and look at me long enough to take one lousy picture? So they all walk over to the side of the house and look at her, standing kind of far apart from each other, but smiling. So... I love this whole scene right now. Flashbacks to the whole Roger and Phoebe thing. I didn't realize that it happened that early on, though. Yeah. Because I thought that's why they got split. Or no, wait. I don't I don't remember exactly why they split up, Why they? what their reasoning was in the first episode. Yeah, I don't know that we ever find out exactly why they called off the engagement or, like, like, I have so many questions about what we kind of knew about the past and what happens in this episode in comparison that'll come mm-hmm. up, like, I feel like more later once we have more of the full picture. Right. But, I mean, as far as this scene goes, I don't get why, like Phoebe's saying, like, why Prue thinks that Phoebe wants to get with Roger so bad. Like, yeah. we've seen Roger. I can't picture this at all. Yeah, no, it's not a very Phoebe person. And um, I don't know why she has, like, such a, yeah, strong feeling that her sister's, like, gonna go sleep with the guy that she's engaged to. And, like, I don't know, he's, it's stupid. Like, he doesn't even deserve to be with Prue, let alone with anyone else, too. Like I know. Phoebe, but I, guess Phoebe, I don't think she has any interest. We're, like, because... I mean, some of the stuff we've seen from Prue and Roger later shows us that he was probably kind of, like, manipulative and possibly, like, emotionally abusive towards her. So maybe she's, like, so in that mindset where she just, like, will believe anything he says and, like, not question it at this point. Yeah, it's kind of gross. It's Um, very gross. To think that Prue could have gotten manipulated like that, and she's our strong one. It just shows that, like, you know, anyone can be in an abusive relationship. Like, you don't have to. Like, there's no determining factor for that. Like, really, anybody can get involved in something like that. Yeah, definitely. Also, Um, poor Graham's just trying to get a picture. But also, like, it's so funny that when she's, like, to Phoebe, like, the other side is your good side. Like, hilarious how much, like. (laughs) I know. Like, damn, bitch. (laughs) So mean. (laughs) Yeah, but poor Grams. She just wants yeah. a picture. I love all the bickering between the siblings. It feels very realistic. And um, Graham's just, like, suffering through this. I feel so bad. No, definitely. And, you know, the whole retract their claws since the episode is about a cat. I know. A little punny there. So then it cuts back to present day. And we're in the entryway and we see little white orbs move them closer in the picture that they have framed of the three of them from that day on the entryway table. And then Prue walks out of the living room and Phoebe into the house with shoe boxes. And Phoebe starts telling her that she killed a warlock when Piper runs in and tells them that she did the same thing. Then Prue says that one also attacked her in the attic. Then Phoebe starts describing him, bad teeth, funky clothes, way too easy to kill. And eventually they realize it was all the same warlock. And then he teleports in and says, care to try again? And he floats Piper to above the stairway and Phoebe stabs him with an umbrella and he vanquishes again. Then Piper drops to the floor and Prue runs over to help her up. 
and they wonder what he's up to and if he can be vanquished and like what the hell is going on basically (laughs) so this is really just them all kind of finding out about the warlock and establishing that whole moment honestly one of my favorite warlocks of the season again i actually really really do like this guy yeah i like the way he talks and his energy he like especially when we see him a little later at the cafe i think that's what really got me and we'll see that i love it so much yeah you know what i'm gonna agree with you when we make our lists he might come up on mine so i'm gonna say that this is this is definitely a sleeper pick but i like him oh yeah of course um the one other thing i'll mention about this scene I really love the way they're incorporating that photo, which obviously is the one we saw in the pilot where they were standing far apart and them uniting as the charmed ones Mm -hmm. brought it together. So I liked them bringing that back again here. Me too. Love a good recall. Me too. So then we're in the attic and the sisters are looking in the book and Phoebe's singing. She's like, I've been working on a vanquish. (laughs) And the pages start turning on their own and it lands on a page about seances. And Piper's like, thanks, Graham. But then Phoebe's like, it's so weird that we listen to her more now than when she was alive. Then Prue notices what page it is and Piper thinks it won't help because the warlock won't die. And Prue says Gramps must be confused and closes the book, but it immediately reopens. (laughs) And Phoebe starts listing what they're going to need. So Piper goes over to the trunk and says that she wants to take the trunk, but Prue says no. And she finds something else of Gramps that she wants, but Prue tells her to focus. And so she goes over and they set up the ritual and begin chanting. White orbs appear and we see the witch from earlier appear as a ghost. And I just want to say, like, why when they have other ghosts appear, they're both the most, like, disgusting, hideous robes. But, like, when Grams or, like, someone in the family appears, they have, like, a nice white dress on. Yeah, like, regular, pretty outfits. Yeah. <laughs> like, this looks like a 1904, like, nightgown. nightgown like, yeah. Not cute. Not cute at all. So whatever. She asks what they called for her and then realizes they're the Charmed Ones and they realize that she's also a witch. Prue says, we think that we're up against an evil that can't be killed. We've nixed him four times, but, and Phoebe says, and since you're the one who answered our call, the witch says, the spirits must think I know who you're up against. You say you've killed him four times. She says, yeah, and he just keeps coming back for more. It's like he, and she says, wants to die. And Piper asks if she knows him. She says, he was my familiar, a feline I called Shadow. He's a warlock now. What a familiar becomes when he betrays his witch. Prue says, that must be why we can't kill him. The whole nine lives thing. And Piper thinks that they need to kill him five more times, but the witch tells them no. She says, once a familiar becomes a warlock, it has until the next new moon to purge itself of its old life. If it succeeds, it becomes immortal. If it fails, it returns to its animal state for eternity. And Phoebe asks why he came to them, and Prue thinks they're the only ones strong enough to kill him. And Piper says, and he know and he knew where to find us. What are we like in the Warlock's Guide to San Francisco? And they realize they just have to not kill him for two more days, because that's when the next new moon is. And Prue feels bad for how they're treating the witch. 
And she says that she's at peace with loved ones and mentions people being taken suddenly without a goodbye. And Prue says they're all too familiar with that. And they all look down and the witch says, at its core, evil exists for one reason, to spread loss. Be careful not to lose each other. Take care and blessed be. And she leaves and Piper blows out the candle. I love the whole blessed be thing that they always say. It's so cute. And I like her advice here, like very sweet, but also like they're pushing the lesson of the episode so far down our throats here. Like be careful not to lose each other. Like don't move out, Piper. Yeah, I know. Like we get it. (laughs) But I mean, it still works for me. It's all right. Yeah. Although also I want to say the part where it's like, you know, Phoebe asking why he came to them and Prue being like, because we're the only ones strong enough to kill him. Like, ma'am, you threw a shoe at him and he died. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, this guy is not hard to kill. No, a box cutter. A box cutter wouldn't even put you in the hospital. Like, you get a little stitch for that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you'd a have shoe to going stab through- someone directly in their organ and they'd have to slowly bleed out. Like, you're not yeah. just going to die from getting stabbed like that. None of that makes any sense. But that's okay. <laughs> You know, plot's sake. Plot's sake. But this whole familiar thing is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they're setting up this idea of familiars, which obviously in like witch lore comes up a lot. So I really like that. And it's interesting, this idea that betraying his witch made him become a warlock. Yeah, no, I find that really interesting too, that, um, you know, like you said, that they're following this whole familiar lore and involving hit, uh, that into this story and uh, incorporating that whole thing of like, oh, once he betrays, then he becomes a warlock and has all this time to shut off his old life to stay a warlock forever. Like, I like it. Like, it's a really neat idea, I think, that they have going on. Yeah. And the whole nine lives thing, of course, is cute because of that idea of cats have nine lives. Right. The only other thing I think I'll mention with this scene is I like the opening and their little, like, sassiness with, like, Grams's ghost, like, reopening the book when they want to ignore her. Like, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, um, I you know Grams liked... ain't gonna let that happen. Exactly. I also liked the way that Piper wants to bring something of Grams with her to her new place. Though, Piper, you in this one-track mind you always got going on here. Telling you. She's always like that. <laughs> though she's not the only one we've seen prue do it we've seen phoebe do it we've seen leo do it yeah they all kind of do that but piper's the worst with it i swear she might she might be the top offender yeah <laughs> so then from there we flash back to the attic and grams is there closing the window and she says damn wind keeps blowing out my candles i'm sorry patty i got cut off And she relights the candle, and then Patty appears as a spirit. And she's talking about being worried about where the sisters are going. And Patty says it's just a phase. When their destiny's revealed, they'll come together. And she says, but what if they don't? What if they never do? And what if the gift is too much for them to handle? And they, I fear there may be only one option if I can't find a way to bring these girls together. And Patty thinks it's nonsense, but Grams tells her goodnight and blows out the candle. So I have some questions here. Me too. Um, The show has kind of made it seem like it's like not okay to just have ghosts hanging around Impossible to just summon your, like even the other episode where they were getting married, like they couldn't just summon 
their mom she had to it was like a gift for them to see her so the fact that they had her like i was thinking the same thing like besties hanging out every night apparently i know but meanwhile grabs was like i can only be here for the ceremony then i have to leave right away but now all of a sudden her and patty could just like chill and have coffee together every night yeah i know like it doesn't make any sense it's not very (laughs) consistent and i wonder how consistent they'll stay with these things me too but yeah that definitely stood out to me but i think it's interesting aside from that you know error in continuity that grams is still seeking the advice of patty and how to raise her daughters um since you know obviously patty didn't really get to do that but we're seeing that she still had an influence in the way that grams was raising them which i think is really cute right i like that um she is still taking her advice and discussing these things with her instead of just making decisions for the situation which is not very grams you know like we see her here actually raising them a little differently than we would have expected because you know we've always seen her as the stubborn one like this is what i say goes but here she seems very like sweet you know and just like delicate in this uh episode in the flashbacks that we've been seeing here you know it's like a different side of her i feel like Definitely. And I think we're also seeing this idea that's really interesting because everywhere we've seen her in the show, she's been so happy with the girls having their magic. So seeing her questioning it, because I think up until this point, we always thought the only reason that the sisters didn't get their powers till after she died was because of the Nicholas situation. But here we're seeing that Grams wanted to permanently bind their powers. That's what they're discussing here and what we'll see her working on later. Right. I remember because there were multiple times where they were like, well, you know, Grams wanted to raise them as witches and had to because of the Nicholas thing. Stop it. And I feel like she always had that idea. But then once it actually came to and she started seeing them not getting along and how far far apart they're doing, like the concerns start to show through a little more. And she realized, like, like maybe maybe it's not the best idea anymore. So, yeah. It's not, like, typical for her character, like, at least from what we've seen, but, I mean, we are seeing it. She wants to try to get rid of their, like, ability to become the charmed ones, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it does make sense, because we're also seeing throughout the episodes that clearly Grams has been sick, right? So if she allows them to get their power, she doesn't think that she'll be there to help them with it, which she thinks also puts them in danger. Exactly. So then we cut to the kitchen in the present and Phoebe walks into the room and it's dark and she's like, who turned out the lights? And Shadow's there waiting for her and they fight and he just like lands on a knife and vanquishes. Yeah. And Phoebe picks up the knife and is like, "Uh uh-oh. And Prue and Piper run in and ask what happened. And she says, I think I killed the warlock again. And they're like, Phoebe. She's like, well, I didn't mean to. It was a gut reaction. And Prue walks out of the room and they follow. Then they're in the dining room, and Prue's saying that she doesn't think he'll hurt them because he needs them. And if one dies, they wouldn't have the power of three or the strength to kill him. Phoebe's like, but we're assuming he's smart enough to know this. I mean, what if he isn't? And Prue says they have no choice. If they kill him four more times, he becomes more powerful than they can handle. Then Phoebe notices Piper's stuff on the table and asks if she's really doing it. She says, yeah, we have lived apart before. Prue says, our lives were apart, Piper. It's different now. I just think we all need to talk this through. 
That way we all know exactly what the consequences are for all of us. Then Kit meows because the show remembered that they have a cat. <laughs> and Phoebe says, saved by the meow. You know, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to look at Kit quite in the same way or get undressed in front of him for that matter. And like, Kit's a boy. I know. Uh, I always thought Kit was a girl. So did I. I'm pretty sure they've said she about Kit before. Like, I don't think I'm making that up. No, they definitely have. Like, I'm 90% sure that in the episode with Aviva, they refer to Kit as she. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right. I was thinking of the episode with uh, the painting. Like, yeah, I'm pretty like... sure they referred to her as she in that one, too. But, okay, Kit changed genders, I guess. And... Then Piper says that they're right and they should talk it through. Then Kit meows again and Piper walks to the front door. All right. So here again with, you know, them killing him. So they've only got four more chances. I like this whole idea. I mean, it's a little stupid the way that it kind of happened and the way that they keep doing it. Like they are feeling like there are much more realistic ways of killing this guy and they just keep doing like the most random things. <laughs> And it's really funny. And he, like, literally fell on the knife. Like, it just happened to be pointed up on the ground, and he, like, landed on it. Like, it's just like so that, ridiculous. It didn't make any sense at all. But, you know, that's that's this episode for you. It's been having a lot of that going on. A lot of, like, um, campiness going on here. Like, <laughs> over-the-top, unrealistic kills. Yeah. It's like a old, shitty horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love it though. Like I think it's really funny. So it's I do definitely too. No, still it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, their plan here makes sense to me that they just have to not do anything because he can't hurt them. So I get what they're thinking there. Mm -hmm. And then you know the idea that they need to talk through this move. I think that that makes sense, and it's probably what they should have done from the beginning. Just have Agreed. like that real talk. Yeah, it has to be about, like, I mean, obviously her decision is her decision, but the fact of the matter is that it does affect all of the sisters, and that is something that they should discuss when it comes to, like, big, life-altering decisions like that, you know? Yeah, and it's also, like, figuring out what the steps would be. Because mm -hmm. like we heard in last episode, now that Leo and Piper are married, he's allowed to orb her. So if there's an emergency, can't they just orb to wherever the other two sisters are? Right. Yeah. They'd have to work out some kinks and talk about like what would happen in case of emergency, you know? Exactly. Um, and also, you know, the funny part with Kit resurfacing out of nowhere because we haven't seen Kit literally since episode two of this season. Yeah. And then... <laughs> oh, like, I don't want to get undressed in front of Kit anymore. It was funny, you know, thinking yeah. about how Kit's probably there familiar, which makes total sense because we saw Kit first arrive. He was with another witch. And then when that witch died, he showed up at the manor. Yeah, and had the charm symbol on his collar already. Yes. Every time I watch this episode or think about it, I, I look at my cats like, Mm. <laughs> Bailey's like, actually wondering. my familiar <laughs> oh my god Bailey's a whale I love him my big baby I know and I've for those seen... um you know listeners unaware I have a very very fat cat what is he like 40 pounds 
No, he's 30 pounds. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was way off. A 30 pound cat. My heaviest cat weighs like 10, 11 pounds. He's yeah, huge. well, your cats are all skinny minis. Cosmo is a big. big boy. Cosmo's pretty big. Big but as yeah. Bailey, though? Bailey's really long, too. Like, he's not just fat. He's also long. But he's also fat. <laughs> he is fat. I'm not saying he's not. But he's also, like, a, a big cat in general. Like, he's very long. Yeah. I don't know. Bailey's just built different. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, then we cut again to a flashback. And it's the we're on the front porch and it's morning time. Piper opens the door and Kit is outside and she's like, "Ugh, why does this stupid cat keep hanging around? And she picks Kit up and says to Shoe. Then Prue walks outside and Piper's like, what did you want to talk about? And Prue suggests they go for a walk and she says hi to Kit. And then they start walking and Prue asks her to be maid of honor, mentioning how it's not like she'd ask Phoebe. And then... Prue's like, I would love for both of my sisters to be my best friend, but clearly that's not the case. Maybe one day things will change, but... And Piper says, it's going to take more than time. I mean, I'm happy for you. I am. And I know you have these big plans, but what about the rest of us? I mean, you move in with Roger, and I'm stuck here alone taking care of Grams, and Phoebe's out of control. What if there's an emergency? What if something happens? And Prue says that she won't be far. And then Piper says, I just think we should talk this through so we know what the consequences are. And she's like, okay, look, maybe a part of me is jealous because you've got this great guy and you're going to have this beautiful wedding and I'm just not very good with guys. Sometimes I think I'll never find true love. And then she bumps into someone and apologizes and it's Leo and they share like a little look and then her and Prue keep walking and he orbs away. Real quick, was Piper not literally engaged to Jeremy? I don't think they were engaged, but I was pretty sure they were dating at this point. Because we get in the pilot that they'd been together for six months, and they met when Grams was in the hospital, so I'm assuming when Grams first got sick. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, this doesn't quite add up. Yeah. No, it doesn't track. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, wasn't she literally dating Jeremy right now? Yeah. Yeah, so apparently Piper did not have a boyfriend at this point. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, her calling Roger a great guy. I know. Uh, Where? Let's, let's think about this. <laughs> and I love that we're getting back to the whole issues between Prue and Phoebe. You know, like the original distance that they always had between each other that we got from the start of the show and you know see the development to now and it really is a big difference you know yeah, also definitely. why did leo just like walk by and then orb out like to look at them I, it was like really weird yeah no it literally was the most like unnecessary moment yeah. it was just to show us that like piper and leo are soulmates but like we know this yeah this is not news you know it's it was so unnecessary also, like, Kit hanging around, I, like, get what the show's trying to do with that, but, like, she had a whole other owner at this point. I know. Yeah, a lot of this does not add up. Yeah. But it's it sucks, because I feel like we're criticizing so much, but I really do find this whole episode very entertaining. <laughs> no, it's a, like, here's the thing, right? This is one of those episodes that I really enjoy. Yeah. 
but there's just so many things in it that don't add up and yeah, i think it every time i watch it not even doing a close watch like this like i yeah. always notice these things me too i don't know dude <laughs> these are some writer errors like they really should have been paying closer attention to what they've done in the past i know but I do like to give this scene a positive. I like the way they're talking to each other. I like the way that Prue kind of has this hope that one day she'll be able to connect with Phoebe. I like that Piper's expressing her worries about, you know, Phoebe being out of control and Graham still being sick because after all, they did move back in so they could take care of Graham's together. And now it seems like all of that responsibility is going to fall onto Piper. So it makes sense that she's concerned about this and wants to talk about the consequences, like how in the present day, they all want to talk about the consequences of Piper moving out. Right. There's a lot of like uh, connections here and foreshadowing and things like that. And I do like the way that they're kind of slipping those things into each flashback, you know? Yeah. And also, I mean, here talking about Prue planning this beautiful wedding. I think a couple episodes ago when we were talking about how Prue was feeling with Piper's wedding about how, you know, I'm the oldest, I'm supposed to get married first. I totally forgot about Prue's engagement to Roger and that she had been planning a wedding before season one. Me too. Me too. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah. So that, you know, kind of like loss that Prue's going to have. I mean, as much as we hate Roger, it still sucks that she had to call off an engagement. Yeah. A whole engagement after having all these plans and it being ready and her grandma just died like yeah messy so then we're at this little outside cafe in the present and the sisters are at a table and piper starts saying how they can still hang out after she moves and she doesn't want people to think she's old and married and not fun anymore and prue says you've never been fun piper she says, I have always been fun, Prue. I am just Mrs. Fun now. And Prue laughs and says, you know, the life changes from the move will work themselves out. It's the supernatural ones that we're concerned about. Piper says, but we get attacked separately all the time, like yesterday, and we just came together and sorted it out then. And that's when the warlock appears at the table next to them, and he says, you know, you girls are getting harder and harder to find. I was beginning to think you were trying to avoid me. And Prue says, wow, you've been thinking? That's a big step for a warlock. Oh, I'm sorry. That was awfully catty of me, wasn't it? He's like, is this the part where I'm supposed to go, ooh, they did research and run away? And Phoebe says, might be a good idea. He says, or what, you'll kill me? And Piper says, no, actually, we'll do worse. We won't touch you. And he gets up and grabs this woman who's walking by and stabs her. And Piper freezes the place and runs over and stabs him, so he vanquishes. And the sisters rush to the woman as the place unfreezes and Prue starts yelling for someone to call 911. See, this was the scene where I saw him and I was like, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> I don't he's know why. So but he, sassy. He yeah, he kind of killed it with this one with like the sass and the confidence, like such the cocky warlock that like, you know, we love to see sometimes. And I don't know, it it definitely works for me. Him being like, ooh, you did research, like I don't care. And then being like, Yeah, well, you guys are dumb because I'm just gonna kill somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I think they're forgetting that they're in a very public place and warlocks don't care about hurting innocents. In fact, they love it. Exactly. I mean, funny how nobody saw him flash in. Um, 
yeah, you know, just public magic use. Yes. No one saw him vanish after stabbing the woman, you know, yeah. just casual things. Of course, it all it all makes sense. But um, I do like the teasing at the beginning between the sisters. The you've never been fun, Piper, was really funny. Like, <laughs> I love that, too. Little sister moments of them just sitting out to lunch. I love when we get things like that between them, you know? Yeah, and I do like, and I do understand Piper's viewpoint that, you know, they do get attacked separately and they figure it out later. So as much as like the life changes of them moving out would be able to work out eventually, the moving out changes as far as the supernatural goes Mm -hmm. probably could be worked out too. It's just something like we said they need to discuss. Right. So now back at the manor in the kitchen, Phoebe's at the table and Prue and Piper are by the counter. Piper is adding ingredients to a pot and Phoebe says, that girl there's just no reason i got used to there being a reason you know an explanation but she didn't even prue cuts her off and says stand a chance but there was a reason phoebes he was sending a message and she says so what he just keeps killing until we kill him piper says which is exactly what he wants and prue says exactly what we can't do then prue asks if piper's working on a potion and she's like no i'm just keeping my hands busy it's something graham's taught me actually to improvise but all I've come up with is mud. And then Phoebe says, so how do we kill a warlock? We know we shouldn't be killing. And Prue's like, well, we've only got three more chances to figure that out. And then Piper picks up this white rose. <laughs> so in that one, they're reaching way too hard to make the like drop cut batch to the next scene. That's all I'll say about that white rose. I know there's so un- like unnecessary to the plot at all. Yeah. But, you know whatever i guess again i think this is mostly just plot just them being like oh no what are we gonna do like can't kill him we're, we're stuck we're, we're screwed guys you know yeah, how they no, always have a scene, scene like that literally felt so unnecessary to me i think the yeah. only reason they wanted to include it was so she could be like oh grams taught me to improvise so that we could have the next scene where we exactly see, like, like yeah. Graham's teaching it to her so then we flash back and we're still in the manor in the kitchen And Grams drops a flower into a pot, and Piper walks in saying that she's going to finish the brownies, and Graham says, well, I'm afraid that Prue's beaten you to it, but I've got a backup, and she says they could make a cake, and then Piper asks what she's making, and she says, oh, just keeping my hands busy. Then Phoebe walks in and starts to grab the keys, and Grams asks if she wants to make a cake with them, but Phoebe says that she's going out, and Piper starts helping Grams to put things in. And Graham smiles and asks how she knew what to add. And she talks about balancing the different ingredients. And Graham says, Piper, you were born for this. Literally. Why do you insist on wasting your talents behind some counter at a bank? She says, because my talents don't come with health benefits, Grams. Prue's getting married and Phoebe's, well, Phoebe, somebody has to be practical. And she says, not at the expense of your dreams. She says, no, at the expense of losing this house and not being able to pay your hospital bills. I'm sorry if I'm disappointing you. And they hug. And she says, you could never do that. She says, I'm just doing what I have to do. And leaves. Then Graham says, so am I. And she puts the stuff from the pot into a bottle and says, my sweet girls, you're just not ready. I've got to stop you from becoming. One thing, another in thing that didn't make too much sense, as adorable as I thought this scene was, Grams was obviously making this potion to bind their powers, and Piper comes over and just starts adding, like, 
shit into the pot thinking that it's like a meal or something i'm a little confused here and then she still uses it as the potion i think it's supposed to show us that like instinctually like piper was always like inclined towards making magical recipes and so like instinctively she just knew what to put in but that doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> I don't she, know. she would have not even the slightest clue what to put in <laughs> well because piper's really good with like cooking and stuff and she was talking about like balancing the flavors in the recipe right but she doesn't even know what they're cooking yeah but i guess she sees what graham's already put in i don't know she don't see know. yeah but it's not i get it you have to balance this shit in if you're actually cooking something but graham's being like like i would if i was graham's i'd be like dude stop you're fucking up my potion like <laughs> you don't even know what you're doing like it's not it would make sense if she was cooking something and piper did that but she was doing a potion and piper's just adding random ingredients like the potion's not going to turn out the same right yeah and how many times have we seen the sisters like mess up and have to follow recipes exactly and look at them like it's not like like we've never seen piper before like instinctively know what to put into a potion exactly like it doesn't make any sense i, I don't know what they were trying to like i guess they were trying to show her about you know the whole cooking thing and how she became a chef and all that but I mean, and it was a really cute moment to have like, oh, Grams was the one who taught me, which is very sweet. And like after Phoebe just giving them like a cold stare um, and Piper just feeling bad and wanting to be there for Grams. Like that was a really cute moment. Don't get me wrong. But that one thing just made no sense. <laughs> I think I like I get what the show was trying to do, but I get that it didn't make sense. Yeah. Another thing, I feel like we're seeing, like, even when she, poor Piper, is like, I'm sorry if I'm disappointing you. It's, like, the cutest thing ever to me because we see this Piper that very much was season one Piper, you know? And the character that she is, where she's the middleman, the mediator, the the more, like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings kind of girl. And now we see her a lot more developed and doesn't act as strongly on those emotions she's like grown into herself so much since she used to act like that you know mm -hmm. it's crazy they're like bringing back all the qualities that we slowly changed throughout the seasons and it's funny to like see them compared yeah and it's also really interesting to see the way that both Prue and Piper have sacrificed I mean we saw early on that Prue went into the career she went into to support the family and piper did the same thing before in season one deciding to take that risk once grams wasn't sick and she didn't have to take care of her anymore to actually follow her passion of being a chef right exactly you know we left off on graham saying i've got to stop you from becoming and then it cuts to the present where shadow is sitting on the couch and says the charmed ones and then they walk in and he says what does a fellow have to do to get killed around here and prue says not gonna happen and then he threatens to sever a head and Piper freezes him and thinks that they can just keep on doing that until midnight. But he starts fighting through it and he says that he'll just keep getting better at that. And he walks to the front door and tells them time is wasting and he'll keep killing. Says how many more people have to die before you do what I ask. And Prue says none. And she moves the knife from the table into him and he vanquishes again. And Prue's like, I'm sorry. I And Piper's like, you had to. And Phoebe says, I would have done it first, but you beat me to it. And she's like, already? Well, he's only got two more lives left. And Piper says, and we've only got one option. And they know that they need to go back to the book. 
So again, I like his sassiness. I like his confidence. I like how they can't really come up with a plan here because what they originally thought of just, you know, first not killing him wasn't going to work. Now trying to freeze him isn't going to work. They realize that he is powerful and they are going to have to figure out something else. Right. He's just like progressively getting stronger as he sheds these lives, it seems yeah, like. Exactly. And it's working really well for me. And seeing the sisters like just so um, defeated right now, you know, like not having any idea what to do. It's uh, it's pretty cool. And it fits in with his cockiness. Like it, it's working for me, him knowing that he can just do whatever the fuck he wants, basically. Exactly. And I also like the shift from like when Phoebe killed him earlier and they were all like Phoebe, but now that like he's killed an innocent, they're like, nope, I would have done it too. Like, Yeah, it switched up quick. Yeah. So then we go to a flashback in the attic and Grams is flipping through the book using her telekinesis and Patty's like, why now, mother? She says, we both know why. We're just not willing to say it. I'm not well, Patty. When I die, the girls will receive their powers. I have to stop that from happening. Patty says, but it's their destiny. It's what they're meant to be. She says, who are we to decide that they're meant to be witches? She says, who are we to decide that they're not? This isn't your choice to make. She says, but the girls are mine to protect. And she grabs her chest in pain, but says she's fine. She's like, Patty, they're not ready. Do you really want me to put them directly in harm's way? And she looks at her. And Graham says goodnight and blows out the candle and Patty teleports out. Then she closes the book and moves it to the trunk. She walks over to the table and grabs the potion bottle, like breathing really heavy. And she walks out of the room, closing the door behind her. Then in the hallway, she's walking down the stairs and grabs her chest and drops the potion, then falls down the stairs and Piper runs over to her and starts calling for Prue and Phoebe, and both of them run over, and they're all kneeling over Grams, like, super concerned and upset. Yeah. So this was Grams's death scene. Oh my god. Uh, the part of falling down the stairs where, like, the guy playing her, like, holds on to his head to keep the wig from falling off. What, and, like, the size comparison difference was, like, really, really funny. Like, that stunt double... Yeah, no, it was not a good stunt double. It was not a good fall. Like, we're supposed to be concerned, but it's, like, hilarious. Yeah, it was actually really funny. That was not <laughs> like, great Like, even at all. reading it, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm like, an old woman just fell down the stairs and died. <laughs> this isn't funny, but, like... <laughs> but just knowing what it's, like, how it looked, like, if you guys yeah. saw that, it was so funny. <laughs> and then I see the girls upset, and I'm like, but what just happened is so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, poor grams r.i.p r.i.p to grams even though you've been gone for us no literally and i mean obviously this is destiny interfering right mm -hmm. the powers that be had to stop her from binding their powers so she had to die in this moment right before but she also like again this kind of makes me question so many things about the timeline because like so then obviously piper did already meet jeremy but also like how long before like because they make it seem like to me and I mean we'll find out in a few scenes I guess I'm bringing this up too early but like Phoebe leaves for New York shortly after this 
But this was also like six months before the pilot. So like, was Phoebe only in New York for like a month? And if so, how did she even have time to have a whole relationship with Clay that seemed like it lasted like a year? Like, I just have so Wait, many questions. Uh, a month? She was there for six. Yeah, but it seems like way too quick. Yeah. It does seem a little quick for her to have had a whole relationship with him, but and like I three mean, different jobs and all these experiences. Yeah, but she also seems like like we know Phoebe. She's a very fast paced kind of person, or at least used to be. Um, again, like the timeline with Jeremy, the timeline with New York doesn't quite add up. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I get why they had her dying now in this time for the whole you know can't bind their powers thing. And I like that we're going to see this kind of connect later on in the episode. Yeah. And I mean, I do like the conversation between her and Patty. I like the way that she's being really realistic about her situation and her health. Mm -hmm. And she's showing concern for the girls and that they're really just not ready for this destiny. And then that destiny intervening. Because, you know, like Patty said, it's what they're meant to be. And Grams is saying they can't make that decision, but then fate makes that decision for them, which is really interesting. Yeah, exactly. I do like that, you know, she's still discussing these things with her. And even though knows that she's going to do whatever the hell she has to do, she just wants to make sure that she's on the same page, you know? Yeah. So now back in the attic, present day, Shadow gets stabbed by a coat rack and vanquishes. And Prue says, well, that's number eight. And Piper says, one life to live. And Phoebe says, I know life isn't fair, but this sucks. And Piper starts talking about him leaving a stain on the carpet. And Phoebe's like, no, death isn't brief. It's permanent. And this guy gets to cheat it not once, but nine times. And then Piper says, yeah, cheaters aren't supposed to prosper. And Prue's like, if he had any idea what death was really like, you know, the real thing, not the, not the abridged version, he wouldn't be so hot under the collar to do it again. And then Phoebe's like, what if we showed him? And Piper asks what she means. And she's like, well, every time he dies, he feels pain, right? Well, what if somehow we could catch him in that second, in the one moment where he actually feels the pain, and then magnify it nine times? And Piper says then he would feel the pain of nine deaths, and it actually might be enough to kill him. I like it. And Prue says that they've got one shot and asks if there's any other ideas, and no one's got any, so she's like, let's do it. Um, okay. <laughs> Interesting take and, like, way to vanquish him. Because I feel like no matter what, the death is, like supposed to be what saves him so i don't know how doing this would kind of but i mean i guess they had to think of something yeah and i mean i guess you know this super like amplified death Could i don't be know enough. that it makes sense yeah but for maybe sake, it, it does yeah for plot's sake like i get the idea they're going with but it doesn't quite make a lot of sense but i get them like using full strength as opposed to just easy kills maybe is like like, it's too far gone, like, to come back again? I don't know. Yeah. But it's weird because, you know, they brought up that whole point of them as the charmed ones being the only ones capable of killing him. Mm -hmm. Like, it would make sense if, you know, all these other, like, little kills did nothing and then, like, this power of three kill was what actually could kill him. Yeah. But 
I don't know. Again, plot's sake. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, whatever. We'll just, we're going to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I just love the little moment of like, yeah, I know. He left a stain on the carpet. I know, like Piper, no one cares about that. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go to a flashback and we're in the hallway and Piper picks up the potion bottle from the stairs and she's crying. And Prue walks over and asks if she's okay. And she sits down and says, I'm not really. I don't know how we're supposed to deal with this, Prue. I mean, it's not just losing her. It's the funeral arrangements and the doctors and the lawyers, and there's nobody left to help us. And Prue walks up and says, for what it's worth, the service today, it was really beautiful. And Piper nods and says, she would have liked what you said. She says, thanks. I know this is going to sound strange, but do you think she heard? And Piper says, I think she did. And Prue puts her hands on Piper's arms. Oh. Holly Marie Combs plays emotion very well, too. And this was just really sad. It was. It was a really touching scene. Yeah. Though the one thing I'm questioning, like, if the funeral happened, it's been a couple days. So Mm -hmm. why was the potion bottle still just on the floor? I, I don't know. Maybe they were too, like traumatized to go back on the stairs like i don't maybe she already had made him no that wouldn't know but i i don't know jess there's a lot here that just i cannot explain you know yeah but uh i mean the scene is touching at least i'll give it it is it is i don't have too much to say though except that i you know like you said it's very touching and i love seeing kind of those moments like that between prue and piper and kind of seeing that even here like Prue's not the one crying because you know she wasn't she doesn't do that so much like it it all fit in with her character at least you know yeah it's very much that taking care of Piper who's really struggling so then still in the flashback in the parlor now Phoebe is sitting on the couch and Prue and Piper walk down the stairs then Piper says I'd still like to know what she was doing up there and Phoebe says up where And Prue's like, Piper thinks that Grams was up in the attic before she died. And Phoebe's like, it's not possible. She always told us that the attic was sealed off. And Piper says, yeah, well, then what was she doing coming down those stairs? Phoebe says, I think the more important question is, what are we doing? Prue says, what do you mean? And Phoebe says, I mean, precisely what Grams was always concerned about, our future. The only reason we're all still here, still together, is because of her. And now, Prue, you've already got one foot out the door. And Piper, I know you don't want to bunk with me any longer than you have to. So let's face it. She was the glue. And Piper says that she'll go make dinner and they can talk about it while they eat. But Prue says, actually, she's supposed to spend the night with Roger. And then Phoebe says that she's going away. I'm not sure what my future holds, but I know it's not in San Francisco. And she starts grabbing her jacket and saying that she knows she's just trouble and is going to go to New York and see how that goes. And she says, whatever my destiny may be, I might find it there. And then Piper asked her about school, and she says that it'll be there if she decides to come back. And she thinks that they can all find their purpose on their own. And she leaves, and Prue does too, and Piper's just standing there crying. So my first question, is Phoebe just leaving with no clothes, no bags, nothing, just her jacket and the clothes she's wearing? no car (laughs) nothing at all but it seems like yeah like when i think i'm gonna move to a new city i'm just like 
I don't need clothes. I don't need a toothbrush. I don't need anything. No, uh, she's just a she's a wanderer. You know, she's a drifter. <laughs> you don't need anything. Also, she survive like, off the lands. The fact that apparently their grandmother's funeral was this same day and Prue's like I'm actually going to hang out with Roger and Phoebe's like I'm going to New York and Piper's just like the fuck yeah like uh you guys don't want to mourn with me or like poor Piper is the only one handling this like respectfully you know like no literally (laughs) realistically and the way she is trying to like be the new glue to the family like how Phoebe says that Grams was the glue. Like, Piper's like, why don't I make dinner? We can talk. We can figure out what we want to do. And they're just like, no. Yeah, she's trying to take over that role. And this is probably where she becomes even more so the the middleman, trying to keep things situated between them. Yeah, exactly. Also, you know, kind of bringing us back to that idea that they always thought that the attic couldn't be opened and there was mm-hmm. nothing up there like we saw in the pilot. So that worked for me. Worked for me, too. Though, again, I feel like Grams was going up there a lot, so how did they never notice? I don't know. Didn't make a lot of sense here, either. But yeah, interesting that, you know, there's this talk of, you know, whatever my my destiny may be, I might find it in New York. No, bitch, you're going to find it when you come back to San Francisco in six months. Yeah, exactly. Give it, but apparently give it you're going to live a very busy life in the next six months, baby, so. Oh, yeah. Had a lot going on for you. You're going to look for your dad and not be able to find him. You're going to have a whole relationship with Clay. You're going to have yeah. like seven different jobs. Mm-hmm. A whole a whole new life. Yeah. Crazy. Things are going to move really quick. Yeah. Got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> Lots to look forward to, Phoebes. So then we're in the manor in the parlor and it's present day at nighttime. Phoebe comes down the stairs with a spell, and Piper has a potion, and Prue has a sharp object. Piper asks how confident they are about the plan, and Phoebe says, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being we whoop ass, 1 being he laughs at us while we're on fire and naked, and (laughs) Piper's like, maybe you should lie to me. And the doors burst open, and Shadow's there, and he's like, hello, ladies. And they stand together, and he's trying to make small talk, but they're not about it. And Prue clears her throat, and he's like, wait a minute, you've got something up your sleeve. And Phoebe's like, hello, sleeveless. (laughs) And he's like, you know, the moment that I gain immortality, I'm coming back here to mangle your pretty little faces. And Piper says, do you want to die or not? And he holds his arms up and is like, do it. And Prue throws the pointy thing. Piper freezes him, then throws the potion, and they start saying the spell. Then these little, like, eight black, like, ghosty things start floating around him and go into him, and he explodes into flames. And Phoebe says, ninth time's the charm. That was definitely different. He's gone for good. Piper says, and yet somehow, we're still here, still together. Phoebe says, not for long. Is there anything special you want to do on your last night here? And she says she wants a couple minutes alone, so Prue and Phoebe go upstairs. And Piper walks over past the picture of the three of them and sits by the box. And she picks up the potion bottle and finds a piece of paper in it and realizes what it is. So this vanquish, I mean, it it felt good, even though, like we said, it didn't make the most sense. It worked for me. I liked, like, him trying to come in and banter again and them just being like, let's get this over with. Like, (laughs) and, uh... 
you know, it worked out well, wrapped up that little plot. And then uh, I like that she's holding the potion bottle that kind of like we've been, you know, intertwining with the flashback and it's going to help us with our little subplot we got going on too. Exactly. Also really interesting that it's Piper's last night and her sisters want to spend time with her and she's just like, no. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah. It's very like Phoebe just abruptly leaving to New York. It gives know, me the same vibe. Out the door, yeah. She's been spending too much time with her sisters. <laughs> so now we are in the driveway and it's morning time and Leo is putting boxes into Piper's car and she runs up and he says is everything okay and she's like am I that obvious and he says no I'm just incredibly perceptive and they sit down together and she tells him that something doesn't feel right she says I know this step has to happen and I want it to happen it's just that when Prue Phoebe and I moved back in together it made us sisters again and I don't think we're ready to test that yet and then there's this and she hands him the piece of paper and she says I think we both know what those ingredients would do to us and the fact that Grams was willing to keep us from being witches to keep us together well that should mean something shouldn't it and then says are you gonna hate me and he says not if we can hire movers to move everything back in and then they hug they're so freaking cute they are they are and they the really movers are. joke is funny but also like let's be for real your stuff is in the driveway yeah I know like you can <laughs> you can handle that but um, I like that, like I said, the potion bottle that we're using in the flashbacks like became helpful for our subplot and that Piper decided to stay home for a little longer. I think that it's very cute. Yeah, and it makes sense to me. I mean, I feel like all her nervousness and everything throughout the episode shows that she wasn't ready to move out. It, she was yeah. doing it because it felt like it was what she was supposed to do. Yeah, like, I think in the beginning, she did feel very much like, let's just get out of here, you know? And then as soon as, like, it became a real thing, it started to, like, slowly hit her more and more what she was actually agreeing to do. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, Leo, the supporting husband that we know and love. Yeah, no, I really love Leo in this scene. I mean, we've seen him be so understanding of so many of Piper's struggles before, and I think Ultimately, Leo didn't really mind being in the manor yeah. or being somewhere else. He just wants to be with Piper. So Exactly. So then we're in the living room and it's full of boxes and Piper walks in and Prue asks if they can talk to her and that it's important. Phoebe says, well, we're more than excited that you and Leo decided to move back in. We sort of have to ask you to move back out again. And Prue says, of your room and into mine. I mean, it is twice as big, and you are twice the people. And Piper's like, that would be great, and hugs her. And Phoebe says she deserves a hug, too, because she's moving all of her stuff to the other bathroom so that Piper and Leo can have that one to themselves, too. And she wraps her arms around both of them, and Prue says, it'll be just like having your own place. Phoebe says, yeah, only with your sisters right down the hall. Prue says, I mean, I know that we can't be together forever. And Piper says... But it feels good that forever isn't today. And they all, like, are all cuddly with each other on the couch. And then we flash up to the attic and see the book close and the triquatra glow. I absolutely love this scene. I think it's so adorable, so sisterly. It really shows, like, the love they have for each other and how much they just, like, I mean, <laughs> the unhealthy separation anxiety that they all have. 
is so cute to me. <laughs> but I do love it. You know, it makes me really happy for them. I'm glad Piper's staying a little longer. I think it would just be a bit much for us to have that happening right now. Yeah, exactly. I'm and I like that the they're making these it. moves to make it more of a home to Piper and Leo, who obviously mm -hmm. are newly married, want more space. So I like that the sisters are willing to work with her to make her feel more comfortable. Right. I love that, too. It's very sweet. Final right. thoughts on the episode? As much as we had a lot of criticism and a lot of inconsistencies, I really do find this to be a very entertaining episode. I always love it. I love when we have grams and like get to see past experiences for the sisters. I like this little subplot with Piper and Leo. And, you know, like I said, I loved our bad guy. It all, you know, was very fun to me and I did enjoy it, you know? Yeah, I liked having an episode where Piper was the focus. We haven't had one in a while. Even mm -hmm. like her wedding episode, Prue was the focus of that episode. Yeah. So I liked having that. I enjoyed the villain. I don't feel like we pushed forward many season-long plots, but I did enjoy it. And I liked getting these little bits of backstory, even if all of them didn't quite add up. Agreed. Exactly. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash rewitchedpodcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for season three, episode 18, Sin Francisco.